All right, so we continue our basic series. You know, the first part, we had three lessons um, on, on who God is. You know, we had, had the first one, fear God. You know, um, God is a sovereign and a holy God. And, and one of the correct responses of, of, of encountering him and natural responses is fear because you realize you stand before a holy God and you don't stand a chance. Um, and that's, that's kind of the first thing we talked about is fear God. Let's make sure we put our phones away. Um, also, following Jesus was our next one. Um, you know, f- first we encounter this God that we naturally should fear, but then God says, hey, we have nothing else to fear. In fact, I love you so much. I've, I've given you everything. I've sacrificed everything for you. Just follow Jesus. That's all I ask. Follow Jesus. And so a God who loves us enough um, to, to allow us to follow him, to be in relationship with him, and that's what following Jesus means, is being in a relationship with him and, and actually following him, doing what Jesus does, not just saying, hey, I love Jesus, but I actually don't care about anything he says. I don't obey anything he says like many uh, so-called Christians like to do. The third one was Holy Spirit. Not only is there this God that we should fear, but he loves us enough that we can just follow him and be in a relationship with him through Jesus. He doesn't leave us alone. He actually empowers us, equips us, and encourages us with his Holy Spirit. He puts his spirit in us. If you believe in Jesus and you follow Jesus, he puts his spirit in you um, and, and, and allows us to be the church. And so we started moving into the second part of the series, being the church, what it means to be believers, be the body of Christ. Um, and our first one was fellowship. You know, the world would look, you know, if, if we practice fellowship, which is this unity, this connection um, where we're just loving and forgiving one another, even when we don't agree, even, even when we're upset with each other, man, we have this connection, this fellowship, this unity, this bond that speaks Man, massive uh, uh, tones to the world that they just see, and they're like, man, that's different. And, and we have to pursue that as believers, as a body of Christ. But only you can do that. The Spirit will give you everything you need to do, or everything you need to be able to do it, but you must choose to pursue fellowship. And so today we continue talking about what it means to be the church, and today we're, we're talking about teaching. Teaching. Um, and, and, you know, it's something that we've all heard, um, you know, when we've met together and attended the services, you know, we should pray, we should love one another, and we should serve, and we should read the, read the, exactly. Um, y'all were right, you just whispered it. Um, yeah, you know, we, we've heard it a hundred times, we should be reading the Bible, um, and, and we need to do it. It's extremely important to our growth and to our lives and to our uh, uh, guiding uh, us into the right steps, the right way of living. Um, you know, the Spirit wants to partner with us. Um, but I know, and I'm sure you can agree, that it's hard sometimes. When it comes to reading the Bible, it almost feels like sometimes, man, it, it's something I have to force myself to do. It's not easy um, that I have to, to, to man, build up this discipline. And, and, and when I'm reading, it's, it's hard because I feel like I'm just reading for information sometimes, just to know more, to, to try to get more uh, knowledge and, and, and understanding of stuff. Um, and, and, you know, even if you engage Scripture once a day or, or just the verse of the day, that's good. God can use that. But man, when you look at Scripture and how they studied it in the Bible, those people in the Bible, how they studied Scripture, sometimes it feels a little bit different. 
it feels like they they understood it better or it came easier to them um it just feels like there's a difference in how they read and studied it you know acts 2 um 42 it talks about uh, how how the christians first began you know jesus ascended his spirit came and and uh um man they started just man being loving to one another connecting but it says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer we've already talked about fellowship a little bit and today we're talking about the teaching but but one of the things is um is man they devoted themselves they prioritized they pursued this apostles teaching and and part of it is is the fact that they devoted themselves to scripture they devoted to themselves to the teaching, the apostles that helped guide them in understanding the scripture. Um, and, and one aspect of this devotion um, is, is it seems like it came natural to them. Like Second Peter, Peter talks, I mean, First Peter, Peter talks about how, um, man, they, they would crave scripture. Like newborn infants would desire pure milk, um, the pure milk of the word. That, that's how they craved it. They desired it. They craved this understanding and growing in Scripture. And sometimes it's hard for us because it doesn't feel like we crave it sometimes. We get the Bible, we set it down in front of us, and it feels like homework sometimes. Or we have to force ourselves. And, and there is an aspect of dis- discipline when it comes to it. Don't get me wrong. But it, it talks about this natural craving, like a baby, a newborn baby craves milk. And that's how we should desire the Word of God. When Carissa was born, it's crazy because immediately she knows what she wants. She wants milk. And even to this day, she knows what she wants. She has her favorite foods. And if you give her any less, anything less, she's like, no, this is what I crave. We all have cravings for Dr. Pepper, right? Um, that's, the, that's the, you know, the scripture's right here and Dr. Pepper's like right here and then all the other things, you know. But uh, anyway, um, Scripture talks about us having this craving. We ought to just have this natural craving when it comes to the Bible, but that's not easy. And it's hard, especially when we don't feel like it. We, want, we, we just have to make it a forceful habit sometimes. It's hard to want it and desire it, but that's what Scripture says. We should want it, desire it, crave it, an eagerness to be in it. And that's what we see when we look in Scripture at these believers. When you look at David, when you look at Joshua, man, they have that desire. They have that thirst, that hunger for Scripture. And my question always is, man, how do I get that? How do I get that? And for some of them, it makes sense because they walked with Jesus. Jesus told them, hey, I want you to teach everyone to obey me. So that means you have to understand it. You have to know it. I want you to teach them over everything uh, I commanded them. You know, this is like the great commission to all believers is go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, you're not alone. I'm with you always to the end of the age. Um, it makes sense for some of the disciples because, man, they got to walk with them. And so, man, their, their craving for Scripture was out of love for him and the, the love that they understood from him um, out of that relationship. But not everybody had that same privilege to hang out with Jesus, to walk with Jesus side by side all those years. No, there, there's a lot of them that never even saw Jesus. We've never seen Jesus in the flesh. And so what did these people do? They went to the apostles. They devoted themselves to their teaching. They went to Peter and said, hey, Peter, man, tell us 
what Jesus said. Tell us what he commanded us. Tell us what he talked about in this or this or this. How can we live more correctly in this area? What did Jesus say about that? They devoted themselves to these people who actually walked with Jesus. And the thing is, it's no different for us today. Why? Because it's the mission. You know, we're, we're, we're supposed to teach people about who Jesus is and, and, and the commands and the, the, the things that he taught. And the way we do that is by, man, walking with those who walk with Jesus. Peter explains that he was an eyewitness of Christ. He said that, man, we, we didn't follow any of these clever myths and ideas, these fancy topics or opinions that are out there when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Instead, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We just talked about the relationship we have. And one of the things he's actually talking about here is in Matthew 17, you know, Peter and James and John, they're kind of like the inner circle. And they went with Jesus up onto this mountain and Jesus started to transfigure. He started to transform like this amazing moment, his face shone like the sun, um, and and uh, his whole body starts glowing, and his disciples are terrified by this. And then two heavenly beings come down, and they're in the in that moment with them. Um, and then there's this cloud that envelops the whole place. And if you read the Old Testament and you understand when a cloud randomly shows up like that, man, it, it's a, sig- a, a a picture of God's presence. And so God's with there, and then all of a sudden, you know, this cloud envelops them, and then they hear a voice coming out of this cloud and what this voice says is is they hear god's voice and god says this is my beloved son with whom i am well pleased listen to him peter peter has this moment and he's like look we're not going out and and coming up with anything new we're trying to get you with this fancy talk or whatever we're just sharing that man i stood with jesus on this mountain and, and God declared that Jesus has this authority, this, 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 this uh, uh, power that, man, we should follow him and listen to him. And Jesus told us to go make disciples, to baptize, to teach. And part of that is being in Scripture, know, it's a, devoting yourself to Scripture. It's important what, to understand what it means when we say the word of God and they got it. The Bible wasn't just another book to them. It was the word of God. God's voice coming from the cloud saying, look, this is the way to life. Just listen to this. Unfortunately, we live in a time where so many people in the church are running after opinions, running after ideas, like they want to know what this person is thinks or thinks they want to know what this person is thinking they want to know what what uh the the coolest idea or thought or whatever is about this situation or this issue and 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 people start to walk away from scripture you know chasing these opinions and these opinions mean nothing there is no power in anything that anybody says without the word of god the gospel jesus in that you know, we forget to look in, 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 in Scripture and see what God has already said about these issues, about these things going on, about how to live correctly when we don't know what else to do, what step next to take. It doesn't matter what people think. God's Word is what has the authority. It is the given words of, of, of the God we should fear, the one we should follow for life, the one who has given His Spirit of power. This word is the authority of the church. And if we try to rely on ourselves or other opinions, 
We're going to mess it up. We're going to ruin it. We're going to get lost. So what did they do? They devoted themselves to Scripture, craving it, because they understood it was the Word of God, the God that loves and cherishes, the God that has the power over everything. They understood it was His letter to us, the signature of Jesus. What else did they do? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They had these teachers, and they knew who to run to when they couldn't figure it out. You know, they would have their little Bible studies and they'd talk about things. And when something came up and they're just like, we're not sure how to go about this, they'd they'd go to the teachers. But what about today? I mean, the question is that one of the questions I have for you is who do you listen to? Who are your teachers? I don't mean at school. I mean in your life. Who do you follow? Who do you allow to influence you, to speak into your life? Because the whole world is fighting for your attention. The whole world wants you to listen to them because they want something. They want you to buy into whatever they're selling. And again, the Bible gives us direction on this. It says if anyone speaks to you, it doesn't matter who they are, how great they claim to be, or what they're offering, compare their words with the word of God because if they differ, if they're, if they're different, if they differ, let them be cursed. This is what Paul says in Galatians. Look, I'm astonished that you're turning away from the one who called you by the grace of Christ to a different gospel. I'm just shocked that you would turn away. Not that there's a different gospel, except there are some of you who are are disturbing you. There are some who are disturbing you and wanting to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should proclaim a gospel to you contrary to what we proclaim to you, let them be accursed. Let them be cursed by God, is another translation. Paul goes so far to say that, look, if somebody comes out of the sky and they teach something different than Scripture says, the word of Christ, the gospel message about who Jesus is, man, man, run. That's not worth listening. It's not worth being around it. God's word is, is the standard. It's proven. And so we, we look here. We read here. We study here. We study it. And we study with each, each other and we seek out teachers that teach what is in Scripture and not what is not in Scripture. And, and what you do is as you read and study for yourself, you know, you, you can hear what others, uh, someone teaches, and y'all can work together. And, but if you look at these teachers, man, you hear their teaching, and if what they're saying is biblical, man, you can follow them. That's somebody worth following, if what they're saying is true. And pretty soon you figure out who is worth following, who is worth letting their voice into your life, um, who's worth listening to or not, because the, the, the truth is Scripture leads us to life in Christ, and those who teach it do the same, but those who don't, they're not leading you to eternal life or the abundant life. They're leading you to something selfish that's been, man, created up for, for fame or whatever. Here's what's cool. You know, Scripture says that every church has been given exactly what it needs to fulfill God's mission. That, that we have no excuse. The Spirit gifts us with exactly what we need to have genuine fellowship in our in our uh, youth family in our church family we don't need anything else 
but we tend to get in the way. But we're also gifted with those teachers who just teach better. You know, the, the thing is, we're all called to teach. That great commission is for all of us, um, for all of you. We're all called to make disciples, to baptize, and to teach. But God gifts some people to teach at a different level. And that's okay. There's nothing. You're all gifted with, with something. But we're all called to pass on the truth and love of Jesus. And it's not just about head knowledge. It's, it's also through living. So, so when we look at these teachers and we allow these people to speak, speak into our lives, we compare their words to Scripture, but we also compare their living to Jesus. If somebody says the right thing but lives a totally different lifestyle, it's not worth listening to them. They might be saying the right thing, but they're not worth following because, man, they're living a life contrary to the life of Christ. The Bible says it and it warns over and over again against false teachers. And again, sometimes it's because they're teaching. What they're teaching is false, but other times it's because of the way they live. They're going to chase more people away from Jesus if you, if you buy into what they're doing, then, then people, you know, some teach for the sake of greed, some teach for ego, some teach for, for riches. There's lots of pastors that, man, that get caught up in these selfish desires, and that's the only reason they're a pastor. There's all these selfish reasons people will teach. So Scripture says, look at their life. If their life doesn't look and act like Jesus don't listen to them. Don't follow them. Don't let them have a foothold in your life. I've met plenty of guys. You know, I, I went to Howard Payne, and uh, one of their whole programs is about youth ministry. So I served with or, or, or studied with uh, dozens and dozens of other guys and girls going into youth ministry. And there are sometimes I'm just like, wait, you want to be a youth pastor and you live like that? I remember uh, uh, this other uh, youth pastor and, and you know, he talked the talk, but I got to hang out with him a little bit more, and man, I was shocked at some of the ways he would joke, some of the ways he would just talk to others and talk down on. I'm like, that's not, that's not somebody I want to follow. Then I've also met, man, some, some pretty amazing people that they've given their life to Christ and, and they've given their life to, to teaching, to preaching, to, to just being the best uh, they can be for others, loving and serving. And then I look at their life and, man, it's amazing. I'm like, I want to be more like that. I want to imitate that. I want to follow those, devote myself to those whose words and actions both line up with Scripture. See, it's not just about knowing the words of Jesus. It's also actually about becoming like him, being those words. And so as we seek teachers, you know, we can figure out who to follow based on their knowledge and, and the, the words that they use and the, the, the message that they proclaim, but also on their living. That's why Paul tells Timothy to, to, to watch your life and teaching closely. He says, man, Timothy, pay close attention to your life and your teaching, persevere in these things. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So not only who are you following, but who are you leading? What is your influence? You already have influence. You're already teaching people. You're already leading people. The idea is to do it on purpose instead of accident and to do it in the right direction instead of the wrong direction. Don't just pay attention to what you're saying. Look at how you live. And again, look at the people you follow. 
Are they, are they not only teaching the words of God, but are they also living it? And, and it, you know, a lesson that was hard for, took a lot of time and continues to take some time for me to just learn and to get is, is this whole idea, it's not your job to wait until the perfect person comes and takes you under their wing and guides you and, all the, and teaches you all the great things. That's not your job. Again, God has given you everything you need to live a godly life right now. And your job is to, man, dive into the word, learn to crave it, understand what it says, follow those that God has already put in your life, those good teachers that both proclaim the good message and live the good message, but also being that teacher in your own life. Not just just wait for somebody else to do it or somebody else to, to make it easier on you, but to just be the hands and feet now. We have a responsibility to study. We have a responsibility to teach and a responsibility to follow. Jesus didn't say to get all these people to church so that the pastor can teach them and the pastor can disciple them. And that's, see, sometimes that's where we just get it wrong. We feel like our goal is okay. And I'm not saying this is bad. We want you to invite people to church. But sometimes that's our only goal is to just, if I can get them to church, then Carson can take it the rest of the way. It's not going to work. Man, true teaching happens through relationship. Discipleship happens through relationship. And I can only be friends with three of you. So you all have to fight to the death. For, I'm just kidding. No, but it's true. I don't have the ability, especially right now, to maintain well-formed uh, relationships with all of y'all. And that's why we have to work together. Jesus, once again, he said to all of his disciples and to all of us, go therefore make disciples of all nations. So everywhere you go, make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a dunk. It's that simple. And teach them to observe everything I've commanded you. You're teachers. You are disciples. You are influencers. And it's already happening. The question is, are you paying any attention to who you're leading and where you're leading them towards? And again, remember, who, who you following? Where are they leading you? And it all kind of centers around Scripture. Man, can you teach learn to teach the scripture learn to uh, uh, follow those who follow scripture live the scripture and then teach other people to do the same what does it mean to be the church well we have fellowship this this unified love for one another and then we have this teaching aspect we devote, devote ourselves to teaching both being taught and teaching others And it's a beautiful thing that God has entrusted us to just take part in all this. He truly does want us to partner with him in all these things, to work with us, to make us his heirs in Christ. And the word of God, this is what we use as the spirit guides us to guide us on the right path. The word of God is what we use. So we're called to devote ourselves to the spirit's teachings through the word of God as well. To make Jesus the number one uh, person we follow in our lives and then we follow others man that follow him and we devote ourselves to scripture we devote ourselves to the spirit's teaching the uh, other disciples teaching and then we turn around and we pass it on ourselves
A lot of people are gathering over opinions, are gathering over thoughts and feelings. We have gathered and united around Jesus and his words, teaching his love and truth, following his love and truth as we live it out in fellowship and we center everything around God's word. So Father God, just in the next few moments as we have some time to just have some real conversation about um, man, what it means to, to chase you, to follow you, but to do so through those that you've placed in our lives, to follow the right people that are both preaching your message and living your message. Help us to reflect on that. Who are we following? But God, not only that, who are we teaching? Who are we uh, uh, influencing? Who are we leading? And where are we leading them towards? God, help us to reflect on that, to talk about that, and maybe start to make some adjustments on how we lead. And God, just help give us that desire, guide us toward uh, 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 learning how to crave your scripture, to desire it, because we need to know it in order to know who to follow and where to lead others. We need to know your word. Guide us with your spirit, man. Help us follow Jesus and help us just have that healthy fear of who you are, that that worship, ongoing worship for you. Help us live in fellowship and, man, to, to be master teachers as we walk with others, as we learn with others, and as we guide others toward Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.